Hello. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> a yeah. lot has happened. Sure um, has. Can I um can I interest you in a fun factoid about our podcast that please. I learned from our one and only fan Brian Boland? <laughs> <laughs> he texted me pretty late last night. Like I was in bed. He does not know that. <laughs> it was the last thing I did was respond to this message that he said, by the way, your guys' podcast is really good for gardening. <laughs> so that's how we're going to market. I'm just saying. Okay, okay. We are not a gardening podcast, but we are a podcast to listen to while gardening. Yeah, when you're <laughs> out and about doing things and you want some friends with you. Yes, uh, we're good for that. We're good for that. Yeah, we'll be in the background of all of your most boring and mundane tasks. Yeah, play us at your wedding as you walk down the aisle. Oh, fuck yeah. Which part, you go ahead and guess. It's going to be about bears, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Most of them are. Bears in the woods. <laughs> bears in the woods. I masturbate to scare the bears in the woods. <laughs> oh, good. There you go. There's the clip. There you go. There you go. That's the sound you'll Congratulations. use. Congratulations. Congratulations on your upcoming nuptials and your choice of song. Yeah. Congrats um, on your upcoming nuptials and your upcoming nuptials. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, it's been real weird. It's been a fucking whole time, hasn't it? <laughs> um, so yeah, well, like Emily's having a fine time. I just yeah. I'm just gonna preface that. Emily's fine. <laughs> yeah. I refuse to go anywhere. Because I did also kick a child today. Emily <laughs> kicked a, a child in the it face. It was not today. intentional. <laughs> I don't even know if it was the face. <laughs> I well, I did connect with his face. Oh, Jesus Christ. I think it was my butt, though. Absolutely incredible stuff. I just wanted to go on the swings for a few minutes. Uh-huh. I wanted to go outside. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get some air. Mm-hmm. I waited for the child with their grandparents to leave. Yes. <laughs> I didn't see the other child, but they were on the play area, not on the swing. So I'm like, mm-hmm. sweet. Yeah. You're just going to go swing. Minding my own business. Headphones in. I'm like, let's get some air. Mm -hmm. I don't have time to go for a walk, so let's make it quick. Little kid starts coming over by the swings, and I'm like, oh, shit. And the adults with them, I'm thinking everything's fine. They've got an adult with them. They should corral their child. Uh There is someone actively on the swings. Yeah. And in the spirit of physics, an object in motion stays in motion. (laughs) Uh, you know, when you're in the arc of it, you can't yeah. super stop yourself. No. <laughs> no. So you just like, well, then the kid like decided it was done and walked behind me and the adult didn't stop the child. Yeah. Especially from behind. You don't even know he's there. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know he was there. <laughs> and then I felt my butt connect with a thing and then there was the sound and I then there was crying. Because I got to bet that that kid went flying a little bit. Yeah, he was <laughs> just... wearing, like, his, like, cousin or his uncle's, because apparently, like, it's his nephew. He was wearing his uncle's safety glasses that were on the ground. <laughs> That's Like, hilarious. for fun. Sure. Okay, not because he's, like, I'm no. worried about your eyeballs <laughs> no. and nothing else. No, just for <laughs> an accessory. <laughs> Incredible. Well, they are pretty cool looking. Yeah. <laughs> Poor kid. I mean, it's not his fault that he wasn't being watched <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. um, um <laughs> seem good. So we're drinking uh, a fun thing. Yes. Not a horrible thing, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, because truly has nailed it on the other stuff. Yeah, it looks really good. Um, I'm excited. So we're doing truly fruit punch. Mm-hmm. If you want to see it, go to our Instagram of the uh oh feeling. Yeah. I'll be posting a pic. A pic. 
Um, we have fruit punch, citrus punch, tropical punch, or berry punch. I will try the tropical because I'm guessing you wouldn't like that. Probably not. There's a pineapple on the bottle. Yeah. I will try the regular ass old fruit punch. Love it. And then we'll do the other two yeah, yeah. at the back half. Yeah. And grip it and rip it. Um, it. The one last thing is that I hope that maybe the next time we record, we can be doing it from um, a, a new location. Yeah. That we moved into. And we have an office where uh, my husband and I will fight for space. Um, but some of that is going to be podcast space and he can suck it. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited about that. Suck it, Jake. So good. We're going to put up those fucking foam things again. Mm. We've kept those because there's no way to put them in our in, like most recent house. But it's going to be sick. It's going to be a soundproof ass room. Kinky. It's going to be kinky. I'm into um, it. <laughs> uh, do you, who goes first? I don't know. I don't know um, either. Let's just try this. Yeah, let's try this first. I'm into it. It's a little less flavored than I expected it to be, but I'm not mad about the flavor that there is. It's like they took bubbles and they shoved it into a grape. <laughs> For me, it's With... like they took a LaCroix and took the <laughs> bubbles out of it. <laughs> so we're doing great. We're doing great. Like we're it's drinkable. Great. It's drinkable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not mad at it. I would drink it in the outside place. All right. Um, what the fuck happened last time um, we recorded? Um, uh, oh, I believe I went second last time. It was the Muhammad. Mm, yes, 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 yes. Stuck on the ship. So, yes, and then we talked about the ship, and that was the motivation for my story today because I promised I'd tell it. Yay! Okay, awesome. Okay, so that means that I will I will tell you this one, and then you can tell me that one inspired by last episode. I'm excited because mine is also inspired by a previous episode. Ooh. So that's ooh. fun. I like it. Um, just, I'm just going to, yeah, I'm not going to tell you the title of this one. Um, we're just going to move into it and you'll, we'll get there together. Okay. So here's a quote. Oh, okay. First, you kind of laugh at it and then you read about it and it was just horrible. That is Mark Rossow, a civil engineer and professor. So... It is January 15th, 1919, and we are in Boston, Massachusetts. A business called the Purity Distilling Company is hard at work making ethanol or industrial alcohol, whichever you want to call it. Kinky. It's a little kinky. <laughs> it's especially kinky because they use that shit to make dynamite. Woo! Yeah. It's Spicy. Not just, yeah. It's not just for... Um, I don't know what else, like rubbing alcohol, <laughs> like they're making bombs with it and shit. And there's a war on. Well, yeah. There's always a war on. The technically World War One ended in, I believe, December or November of 1918. So it mm-hmm. had just ended. But this distilling company had been making this for the war effort for the last several years. Well. They can keep going. There's mm-hmm. another war coming. <laughs> yeah. No, it's fine. The demand for ethanol was high enough at the time that actually the distilling company was bought out very recently by mm. a U.S. industrial alcohol. Ooh. So it's like the government's making it now. Um, they And they, a while back in like 1915, had decided they needed more capacity for the stuff that makes the ethanol. So they built 
a massive fucking tank in town. Uh, that seems fine. This seems fine. So far, it's fine. This seems like a great idea to put in town of highly flammable liquid. Well, you know, it's Boston, um, and it's important. <coughs> oh no! That we just we that we put big tanks of stuff in the middle of city centers. Um, so <laughs> Taylor, I'm scared. So. This was designed to hold a, a truly huge amount of the primary ingredient for making ethanol, which I'm not sure if you remember me talking about doing this story before, but that is molasses. <laughs> Emily just closed her eyes. <laughs> She's rubbing her face. We're doing the molasses oh, one, Emily. Oh, Lord. It's, okay. It's, it's time. time. It's, it's time. time. I am so excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> yes, I also am doing this for you, Brian. <laughs> Since I know you'll be listening, he said that after I did the beer flood, he looked up the molasses flood and was like, "It is batshit insane." And then, pretty recently, um, Puppet History on the Watcher Network that I watch a lot of because it's Shane and Ryan of BuzzFeed Unsolved. Um, they did this as the season finale for their show, and it was really fucking good. <laughs> so uh, if you want more information than even I am about to give you, or at least told in a funnier way, you should watch that. All right. So it's the winter of 1915, and this massive tank is built on Commercial Street near Keeney Square in Boston by the Purity Distilling Company right before they were bought out. Um and this is just so they could stay on the cutting edge of ethanol manufacturing. They were going to keep as much molasses as humanly possible on hand at all times so they could be constantly pumping out ethanol. And they built this tank right on the edge of the harbor because they wanted boats to literally just be able to go boop, <laughs> straight from boat into tank, millions of gallons <laughs> of molasses. <laughs> like... This tank, um, <laughs> this tank was so fucking big. Remember, okay, remember the beer one? Yeah. And I believe I said I have the number here somewhere. Like it was, I think it was you know, maybe a hundred thousand gallons of beer. That's a lot of beer. Yeah. That was a big boy. That was a big boy. Big barrel. Um, and one of the rings weighed 700 pounds. That's a thing I remember for some reason. But it was many, many hundreds of thousands of gallons in that one thing. This tank is 50 feet high. That's a five-story building. It is 90 feet in diameter. It is almost twice as thick as it is tall. <laughs> and it holds 2.5 million gallons of molasses at, at capacity. That is the thunder thigh... Of tanks. <laughs> this is a big chongus. Extra swole. It's so fucking swole, dude. I'm so concerned. Yeah. Because that so, is so much molasses. Yeah, it's a lot of molasses to put in one tank. Molasses and water don't really get along. No. Um, that's that's a fun yeah. But so <gasps> the main thing <laughs> Taylor! The main thing to note is that like there were problems immediately. We I'm shocked. A, yeah. We had a problem with our steel creation at this time, um, partially due to ignorance of what makes the best deal, but also partially, I think, due to like a lack of the ingredients that makes good steel. Yeah. So a lot of steel at the time was made, uh, was mixed with too little manganese, which happened to a bunch of boats that we made. Um, and if you don't have enough manganese in the steel, if it changes temperature a whole bunch, it gets brittle over time. 
easily breakable. And that happened to some boats and to this. The steel was also not... <laughs> the steel was the also, look you just gave me. <laughs> the steel was also not very thick at its, at its thickest point, which was at the bottom, which makes sense. It was 0.67 inches thick, less than an inch thick, less than an inch, Emily. <laughs> at the top, it was like 0.31 or something. So it holds so much fucking there's also like they they put the rivets in such a way i'm not an engineer i don't know but they did the rivets that held the steel pieces together in a wrong and a bad way <laughs> it put too much stress on the specific rivet areas so like they just did a bad job <laughs> all the way through this one it's bad top to bottom america anyway. america, america. <laughs> so Apparently, it's customary to fill large tanks with water to check for leaks. That makes sense, right? Yeah. That's what you would do. Right. Especially with something this fucking large. Right. right. That's really supposed to hold on to something that you should care if it leaks or not. It's your product, you know? But um, they didn't do that. Mainly because some genius, um, when the tank was still being built, had placed an order for 700,000 gallons of molasses that was to be delivered post-haste. And it was on a boat, and it was on its way, and if they ha didn't have the tank finished, then that molasses was going to get dumped into the fucking ocean. Because apparently you could just dump things into the ocean. I hate men. Emily just looks so disappointed. I, I just, hate I men, hate too. I hate men. <laughs> it was 1919, so this was definitely all men's decisions. This was decisions. all white men. 100% man decisions happening right here. So, they were like, fuck it, it's done, we're finishing it, put the goddamn 700,000 gallons of molasses in there. It's fine. But it wasn't fine. It definitely wasn't fine. So, so the thing leaked from day one. Like, literally, it was built. They put molasses in it, and it leaked. <laughs> that was it. It leaked from, like, the bottom. Small amounts at first, but then over time, it would get to be more and more. It was enough that children would be sent by their parents with little cups and, like, mugs and pots to go and stand by one of the leaking rivets and collect molasses to bring home. <laughs> that was a thing that everybody did. Oh, fun fact. Um, the company eventually tried to discourage this practice. <laughs> Do you want to guess how they did it? Did they shoot people? Nah, that would be the most capitalistic thing ever. But yeah. No, they uh, painted the tank brown so that you couldn't tell <laughs> where the molasses was coming from. <laughs> Isn't that just so disappointing? You're just like, that's also capitalism, though. That is, that is high. absolutely. Don't address the problem. Just make it more difficult to yes. see. <laughs> Literally. If we obscure it. it. Yes. Then Nobody th will know. Nobody will know. And it's also like, it's also like, really, it's extra dumb because it's like, you're not stopping your product from being lost, but now it's being lost on the ground. It's not even being used by anybody. You just don't want pores to have your molasses. Yeah. You didn't want to fix the leaks. Yeah. Fucking ridiculous. It's a mentality that's still uh, active. Oh, yeah. Thank you. That's active in every uh, part of our society. As long as the pores don't have it, it doesn't matter. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> so the tank was filled for the first time on New Year's Eve, 1915. And then for four years, it stood. In this time, the molasses tank was filled 29 times, though it was rarely ever filled to capacity smart yeah 
don't fill that fucker to capacity. Right. Maybe don't. Um, regardless, Please don't. Yeah. Every time she was filled, though, no matter how much, she would just groan. Same. Audibly. Yeah. Same. <laughs> she was tired. She was just fucking tired. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, too, groan audibly. Big goddamn mood. Every time I am filled. Is that Every- <laughs> <laughs> Yuck. Um, so... There was literally a point at one point in this four years where a laborer brought shards of steel, shards of the tank, to the treasurer of this company. And the, the treasurer was like, I, I don't know what you want me to do. The tank still stands. That is a direct quote. <laughs> the tank still stands, so it's fine. For now. Yeah, well, <laughs> I guess we'll just You know, see. that's the weird thing when somebody presents you with a problem that could be fixed and you avoid the problem. It's weird how it gets worse. Yeah. It's weird how you can't just ignore things. Yeah. (laughs) So the tank was filled 29 times. Four of those times it was filled to capacity. And the last time it was filled to capacity was two days before the incident that I'm about to tell you about now. I feel dead inside. Yeah. So we took a detour off into 1915. Yeah. Now we're in 1919. Wow. It's January. It's a 15th. lot longer than I expected it to stay standing. Me too. Actually, <laughs> like with, with how much they said that people could hear the groaning all over town. Like it was just this t- huge thing in the distance that everybody could see and most people could hear at all times. Like what a fucked up thing to have in your neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. You know, like when a building settles. Yes. Oh, Oh, but you know that the foundations of that particular structure are not good. Yeah. <laughs> like, you just do. Yeah. So something creaks and you're just like, oh, shit. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this was built and not inspected. And Uh-oh. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's January 15th. Uh-huh. Things really suck. Uh-huh. It's winter in the Northeast, so uh-huh. it sucks already. Oh, yeah. But this is Real fun. cold. Yes. Super fucking cold, usually. This is fun. The Spanish flu pandemic was in full swing. Great. So they were doing what we're doing. Great. Yes. It's a bad time. It's a bad time to fucking be around. The SS Miliero is on its way to Boston to top off the old molasses tank. Mm. It is holding, not just top it off, mostly fill it up. It is holding 2.3 million gallons of molasses, which I was like, that's a big boat. (laughs) Holy shit. So it's coming. It's on its way. Although the weather was unseasonably warm that day, the molasses and the ship <laughs> were still coming from like a much warmer climate. This is from the Caribbean. Of course. So like that many millions of gallons of molasses, like it's warm and it's going to stay warm for a while. Molasses was one of our biggest imports from the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Molasses to rum. Yep. Lives. Yep. Yeah. Um, in, yeah. We were still using this type of thing to make rum at times, but for the most part, it was all the ethanol because of the war. But yeah. Definitely some of this probably went to baked beans mm-hmm. and rum. <laughs> we are talking Boston, after all. Yeah. So, so the molasses the SS Miliero pumped into the tank was quite a bit warmer than the molasses that was already in there. For obvious reasons. As always, so the tank is like groaning under the pressure. As it's filled, but these two temperatures of molasses, like, mixed together, and, like, some sort of fermentation process began in the tank and released gas. So it's full, and then it's even more full of gas that just keeps 
building. It needs to fart. Yeah. It needs to do a fart. Um, <laughs> we've all felt it. Ladies? <laughs> <laughs> this is only a podcast for women who fart. <laughs> sorry, Brian. Sorry, Brian. <laughs> also, sorry, DJ. <laughs> Those are our two men that we know listen. So that's it. Hello. Sorry, guys. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for being around, but this one isn't for you. You know that. <laughs> so, oh, did I? Oh, yeah. I did mention. Okay, so the manganese and the yep, seal yep, issues. Yep. So temperature's she bad. She's She's been going up and down in temperature. She's filled with hot molasses and then cools down in the cold air like over and over and over again for four fucking years. She yeah. brittle. Yeah. It's same. not great. Same. Mm-hmm. Absolutely same. Big mood. This tank is the mood. This tank is the mood. I think this tank is the mood, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so... I just wanted to mention that, though, one more time, because, like, this is so fucked. The bad things happen that you expect to happen. Um, two days, the vat stands groaning under the pressure. Yep. Like, the Mugliero fills it up. It leaves. It sits for two days. Screams. Yes. And had it been a typical January week, honestly, with, like, the freezing temperatures, the way you think that, like, Boston should be in the winter, it might have been okay. Not great, but okay, because, like, the molasses might have cooled. And the gas could have stopped producing. A lot of things could have happened. It was 40 degrees this day. Global warming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very early signs of global warming. It was 1919. <laughs> but yeah, so like everybody's fucking outside. Yeah. It's a great day. 40 degrees in January is fabulous. Yeah. That is incredible. So, no, the molasses gets to stay kind of warm. Uh-oh. It keeps doing all the bad things inside that, that caused the tank to do what it is going to do and probably would have done at some point anyway, and that is just burst right the fuck open. So, anyone close to the tank at the moment of the rupture would have not only heard the groan and then felt the ground shake, but they would have heard the rivets shooting off the side of the tank and hurtling through the air like bullets. That is horrifying. Oh my god. <laughs> I didn't fucking I didn't find anybody where it was like, oh yeah, my dad was definitely murdered by a rivet to the temple. A rogue rivet. Yes, but like that happened. People saw it happen. And then according to those like one of the local newspapers at the time was the globe. They said that like, if you weren't right next to the tank, there was no warning. Like a man named Joseph Hiller testified that he was returning to work after lunch when quote, he heard a rumble and saw the big tank open out and fall apart while the wall of molasses 50 feet high in the front rolled out over the ground in a seething hissing sound. (laughs) 50 feet high because I mean the tank is 50 feet high it's full it collapses in on itself so that another person I didn't quote them directly but they had said you w- you could look where the tank was and there was no tank it collapsed oh, so thoroughly my God. it was gone <laughs> and replaced with a tsunami of molasses well yeah because it's like when the bubble pops yes. and there's water in it and the water stays for a second just a second yeah and then just explodes. Right. So when if you're very close, the first yeah, that wave is initially fifty fucking feet high. Mm-hmm. The shape and size of the tank. And, and it's it comes- sticky. Yes. You can't swim through molasses no. really. No, you really can't. Like of all the ways to drown, that sounds horrific. It really truly does. It sounds maybe one of the worst things ever. Yeah. Um God, I can't imagine like your eyes being Oop. 
open them. Nope. Just like you can't. Anyway. Anyway. Um, so let's talk about that some more. Um, so <laughs> nearby cars, the ones that were like closest to the actual point where things happened, um, were thrown. They were just tossed. Um, and then houses that were in the same yard as the tank completely overrun. Like just collapsed, gone. Like as if a tsunami hit them. <laughs> like crazy amounts of force. And a man named Robert Burnett was eating dinner with his family at 536 Commercial Street, which was opposite from the tank. So they're like across the fucking street. And they had a view of the elevated rail there as well. He says, quote, there was a rumble, no roar or explosion. I thought it was an elevated train until I heard a swish as if a wind was rushing. Then it became dark. It became dark, Emily. <laughs> it blocked out the sun, Emily. <laughs> yeah, like it do. Yeah, as it is wont to do. I looked, it's molasses. It's molasses. It's very dark. <laughs> I looked out the window and saw this great black wave coming. Yeah. It didn't rush. It just rolled slowly. Yeah, because it's sticky. Yeah, it's real sticky. It's very viscous. Um, it I rolled. mean, if there's one thing you can outrun, possibly, it's a wave of molasses. I mean, honestly, yeah. <laughs> if you know about it. Yeah. He did say, like, it rolled slowly, it seemed. Like, this is interesting. Like, the side of a mountain falling into space. Of course, it came quickly, but we all had a chance to jump and run before the windows began to crack. And then it poured molasses. <laughs> like, like, I wonder if it has, like, a similar viscosity to, like, lava in how it moves. I actually talk about how it changes in viscosity over this because it's warm. Mm. If you recall that, like. But I'm sure as it spreads out, it's going to cool because there's more surface area to cool it. And yes. Science, bullshit, That's blah, exactly blah, blah. exactly true. Like, it's warm. And so it rushes weirdly fast, faster than you would think molasses should because we literally use molasses as a thing that's slow, like yeah. as an example. But it was crazy fast. A lot of people were like, I didn't, I, I was like, oh shit, there it is. And then I was hit by it. So not as fast as water, certainly, but quite fast. And then it would start to cool. And we'll get to that. So again, like we're going to gain a little perspective because the vat with the beer was, I hear it is 175,000 gallons of beer. And that was like several blocks were really fucked up by that. People drown in the basements of their homes yeah. because of that. That killed people and really fucked up some buildings, like thousands of dollars in damage. And this is 2.5 million gallons, which is, by the way, 4,000 tons of molasses. And it's sticky. <laughs> and it is heavy. Think of how heavy molasses is comparatively. I can't even like <laughs> picture that. Neither can I. It's unfathomable the amount. It's like a whale to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where my brain can't wrap around the realization of the size. Yes. I don't think really anybody can. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. 2.5 million fucking gallons. Oh my oh god. My god. I know. So like 50 feet high was the wave at some places. It maintained there was still a wave, which is crazy because it's molasses. So for it to maintain a wave-like structure, it has to be traveling fast enough. It was 15 feet at certain points, too. People were still like, that's very tall. What is that? And then just, like, getting <laughs> their ass kicked. What? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the force of the wave, like, moved buildings, moved them. That's how like heavy and fast and forceful this was that like they, they shifted buildings on these. They're probably flimsy ass foundations, but like they would move the building into the street and then it would fall over <laughs> whole ass buildings. <laughs> this man named Martin Cloherty 
He was asleep in his home. <laughs> oh, no. It's like 12.30 in the middle of the day, too. He must work night shift or something. Oh, God. So he says, I was in bed on the third floor of my house. Nope, not high enough. Apparently not. And I heard a deep rumble. I was asleep, and the rumble did not wake me thoroughly. The first impression I had was something unusual had happened when I was awoke in several feet of molasses. <laughs> it didn't dawn on me that it was molasses I was in. Oh, I thought shit. I was overboard. Oh, he, shit. He's on the third floor, and there's so much molasses, he thinks he's in the ocean. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, dude, what the fuck? That's, yeah. You know, tragically, I will say this is not the light. Martin's mother, sister, and brother were also in the home. His mother was unfortunately crushed under debris. Oh. You know, Martin was able to find his sister eventually, and his brother was later rescued from the house, but he died in an asylum later on. They said that he had so much trauma from the flood that he just, it broke his brain. Yeah. And whatever they think that means in 1919. He probably just had PTSD. Yeah. No, he absolutely just had PTSD, <laughs> but they don't know not, how to help that. They could not help him. So, yes. This sucked for people in their homes, but people who were caught on the street also had oh, it really God. bad. The molasses would trickle up to their feet at first. Like, the further out you'd get, it's not a wave so much anymore. Not at first. You just see these little trickles, like, through the cobblestones on the street, and you're like, what the fuck is that? Oh, my God. And then suddenly, you're just waist deep in it, and it's just happening to you, <laughs> and you're covered. <laughs> and it's warm, and like you said, though, as it hits the air and spreads out blocks and blocks... It starts to cool, and it gets more viscous, which means basically it has more friction as you try to move through it, so you get stuck in it. <laughs> you are so fucked. <laughs> People were up to their waists, up to their chests in molasses, and they could not get out. And I'm sure the weight of it, especially if it was still moving, mm. oh God, would pushing crush past you. you and, oh my God, yeah. You If you got stuck in a building, like stuck up against anything, yeah. you're... Maybe you wouldn't die, but it would not be comfortable. And I mean, even like if you're up to your chest in molasses trying to take a deep breath, because oh it's God. probably got to feel like the pressure of being like a thousand or so plus feet underwater. Oh, God. Right. Yeah. Of trying to take a breath and just there's so much pressure. You just can't fucking do it. Yeah, for sure. Oh, God. What a horrible way to go. I know. So <laughs> this is a quote from a newspaper. The shouts and screams of the dying and injured rent the air. For the first quarter of an hour, a pandemonium reigned. So, like, just imagine for 15 whole minutes, an entire town being like, what the fuck is happening? And all you can hear is screaming. So, much like the beer flood, there are a lot of counts of people, like, jumping into action to save each other immediately. People who are not overrun or who found higher ground would then jump into the molasses and pull other people out. Um... The first actual rescue crew to arrive was 116 cadets from the USS Nantucket, which is a training ship that was docked nearby because they're like on the harbor. So that's fortunate. Um, they had to wade through this knee deep shit to pull people up. After that, the police and then the Red Cross and other members of the Army and Navy showed up. And it was just a just a rescue mission from there on out. Notably, the nurses of the Red Cross were hella badass because they would literally just dive into molasses <laughs> and pull people out. Th these are women. <laughs> these are all just women pulling grown-ass men from goop. It's fucking sick. Um, so it's a day ending in life. Yeah, right? <laughs> so the doctors made a triage center nearby and many, many injured people were carried there to be looked at. 
Um, the first group of res rescuers worked through the night looking for people, and then like the, for the next four days, they just were looking for survivors. It was after four days that they thought, okay, we may not find many more survivors. What we're doing now is cleaning up and looking for bodies. But for a long time there, they were really, then they found a ton of people. Like, to be very real, only 21 people died. Wow. That's seems really low to me. Yeah. It's kind of crazy how many people they must have saved from death. Because it didn't say how many were injured. Probably hundreds. Hundreds upon hundreds. Absolutely. Yeah. But only 21 of them died. And a lot of them were like killed instantly kind of thing. As opposed That's to. for the best. Yes. <laughs> like bludgeoning damage as opposed to. Drowning. Drowning in molasses. I can't even imagine. So. Uh, I'm just trying to even think about like giving CPR to somebody who has drowned in molasses. Mm. Oh God. Trying to get that out of their yeah. fucking lungs. I don't know. If Cause like, that's the biggest thing with drowning is like getting them to cough it up. Mm -hmm. But like molasses clings. Yeah. I mean, it's sticky. It's literally sticking to the inside of you. Oh God. And then maybe crystallizing as it dries. Yeah. Oh God. Awful. Or I, as it hits the water in your system. Right. Or any liquids. I gotta hope that only happened to a couple people max. Jesus. Three of the people, three of the 21, were actually knocked into the harbor. <laughs> and oh, they, no. Their bodies were not found for months, but they were found floating. Like, they regular drowned after being knocked into the water. So, like, a lot of, a lot of people didn't die that really horrible way, it seems That's like. That's good. Yeah. So, aftermath here. My biggest question was this whole thing. Well, like, with this whole thing was, like, how... Did they clean that up? Yeah. Right? Yeah. How? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> so it was lucky for a lot of reasons that this happened close to the harbor because that meant that they just had access to a ton of water, <laughs> just a lot of water directly yeah. from the sea. Yeah. So they used fire boats to spray salt water and wash away much of the molasses from the streets and from buildings. And that they used sand in certain areas to absorb as much of it as they could as well. Take the moisture out of it. Exactly. Like you would with some vom, you know? Yeah, Get yeah. some sawdust and some yeah. cat litter and some sand. Yep. So, so much molasses was washed into the harbor in this process that it was brown for six months. Jesus. <laughs> like they say it was brown until the summer. And then this is January. <laughs> so, like, yo, not good. But, you know, okay, again, this is the fuck around century. They didn't care. They probably killed a lot of fish. They yeah, care. a lot of things. Mm -hmm. so Damn. It, it took weeks to clean this up. The immediate area took weeks. And then, you know, months and months after that, this is one of my favorite parts, actually, is that, like, the people, obviously, who would come into town to do the cleanup would then have to go home to, like, the suburbs. So they'd hop on rail cars or cabs, and they would track molasses. <laughs> so... For months and months and months, you could still just find molasses miles away from where this happened. This was a quote, like, that molasses had made its way onto every surface and every part of life. So, quote, everything that a Bostonian touched was sticky. <laughs> Everywhere. It's on, it's in the subway. <laughs> it's on every sidewalk. It's on every railing you touch. <laughs> it's oh. sticky. Oh, I would die. Oh. <laughs> I would just fucking die. <laughs> uh, awful. Wear gloves everywhere you go. New pair of shoes every week. So this is this is good. 
119 people affected brought a class action lawsuit against the United States Industrial Alcohol Company. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so they had they didn't build the tank. Purity, Purity, Purity Distillery had done that. But then these guys bought them out and never did fucking anything to fix that thing. And they had been its owner for two years since 1917. So the company claimed for real that it had been blown up by anarchists who didn't want them to make munitions out of the molasses. My God, Antifa striking so early. I know, right? <laughs> wow. Weird how Antifa existed in 19. Weird. So um, ev- nobody bought that shit. Nobody. Fucking nobody. So the suit claimed that the company was negligent in its maintenance of the tank. Yeah. That there were clear warning signs that were ignored and that they literally painted over the problem instead of addressing it. So, this is the first civil case in America where expert witnesses were called, by the way. Like, people who knew how to do the tank (laughs) good were like, it was done bad. Like, they had many, many witnesses. Wow. Yeah. It took three years for this case. But the company was eventually held responsible, and they paid out um, $628,000 in 1919 money. In our money, that's $9.26 million, which is not nothing. Hot damn. Yeah. It's okay. Like, that's pretty good. Especially when... You know, money was just way different back then. And yeah. We didn't have yeah. billion dollar companies all over the place. The the families, this is even better. The families of the 21 victims were paid 7000 in that day's money, which is 103000 today. Way, I mean, doesn't bring that Not there. enough. No, no. But it is way more than the beer flood. Yes. You remember how unsatisfying that was? Yes. I think those people got $3,000 in today's money. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So... At least these guys had to pay a little bit more than, than might typically be asked because it was just proven how negligent they are. <laughs> like, I'm just glad they had to see some recompense for this. The other nice thing is that this is like this is a this directly led to new laws being passed that force the force businesses to interact with the government when they're building large things like this. Engineers have to show their plans to overseers. Inspectors have to come and survey projects. You can't just build a thing and say it's done. Like, someone has to tell you it's good enough. And that's why. Because of this flood. I mean, it. it the, <laughs> like, the crazy thing to me is, like, every rule we have, every standard we have, in a lot of the industries and a lot of life, mm-hmm. the reason we have to have warning labels on things is because somebody fucked up yes. somewhere. People had to die for this rule to be in place. Yeah. Almost always. Almost always. Even if it's a common sense thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where it's like you shouldn't just be able to build something massive without any oversight and yeah. however you want. Yeah. That seems super obvious. Yeah. <laughs> and yet it's not. The free market assholes would like really, really, really like to never have any oversight. Yeah. But this is why. Yeah. Because people die <laughs> because companies only care about money. It saves them money when people die. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all that matters. So these, this, this is not a good story, but at least some good things came out of it. I will say. So at this time, at the time, the molasses flood was front page news on every area newspaper. And this is literally like... This is the same day as Prohibition passed, countrywide. <laughs> and the Treaty of Versailles was signed. The World like World War I Peace Treaty was signed. And, like, neither of those things made the front page. Because we were just talking about the molasses. Boston didn't give a fuck. Yeah. No, it's fair, though. Yeah. And some people claim that to this day, when it gets hot enough in Boston, 
you can still smell molasses. Uh, so yeah, that's the story of the Great Molasses Flood, or, oh my god, I didn't say this yet, what it is also called is the Boston Molassacre. <laughs> I can't believe I held out. I can't believe I didn't instantly say that. I laughed for five minutes when I saw that. That's funny. As f- I didn't make that up. Other people did. <laughs> the Boston Molassacre, dude. Oh, the portmanteau to end all portmanteaus. <laughs> Emily is... Emily's soul left her body. <laughs> Emily's soul just drifted out the window. She is gonzo. <laughs> I... Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you need to harp noise? I need to fucking... Do you have anything else to say about <laughs> no, this? that's it. That's it. <laughs> I know that was a longer one, but I love the history ones. They're so fun. Oh, oh God. Um, isn't it awful? All right. Harp. Harpy harp harp. <laughs> oh, hi, Bam Bam. Is that what we're going to get? Is harp harpy harp harp? <laughs> so good. <laughs> <laughs> We're back. We're back. I'm shuffling cans under the tape. <laughs> it doesn't look weird at all. I know. <laughs> Emily is literally shuffling cans because we've got the citrus and the berry left. Yeah. And neither of us have a preference. No. So we're just going to, I'll close my eyes and you can close Actually, your eyes. Actually, no. You, no, hand no, me. you oh. just, I know what's in what hand. Oh, you do. So I can't okay. be impartial in this. Okay. So I'm just going to pick a hand. Yeah. Give me the left. Pull it out of my crotch. There you go. <laughs> Oh, crotch punch. Yeah, crotch punch. <laughs> That's my favorite thing. You got a berry crotch punch. I got... And you... you and I got crotch a citrus punch. crotch punch. <laughs> <laughs> That's a spicy crotch punch. Sorry, that's amazing. Whoops. Whoopsie daisy. All right. Well, that rules. Uh, let's see. Um, let's see how this is. Wow. We also did a shot. We finished off the bottle of tequila. Yes, we did. Because I can't... I can't not. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Maybe we both just like these flavors more than the ones we just had. Yeah. yeah. I'm into it. Okay. I'm into it. That's All fine. Right. We um, have a Bam Bam. We do. We have him. He, he is, is here doing, to keep us company. He's absolutely doing his best. As our supervisor. Supervisor. We need one of those. We do. Um. <laughs> he was not in the kitchen when we did our shot, though. So this. Um, this podcast is against OSHA regulations. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. We don't have enough exits. Uh-uh. Um, we aren't allowed to have the air on when we do it. No. So it's always a little bit too warm. Yep. And uh, we drink too much on yeah. the job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we drink on the job, yeah, bottom period. line. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair. That is usually a, a problem, I guess. Post the 60s, it's a bit yeah. of an issue. Yeah. God, honestly, post the 80s. Yeah, no, you're right. It depends on if you're like an ad executive, <laughs> if you're on Mad Men, or if you're yeah. not, basically. Do you have cognac in your office? Right. In a glass bottle. Yeah. That's only for the men. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Tell me a story. Yeah. Since we're talking about incompetence. Yes, please. Um, I wasn't going to start with a quote. But then. But then you started with a quote, so now I have to start with a quote. This is a rhyme. Because I will not be outquoted. And you can't. Like, this is a serious situation, Taylor. Okay. The beginning of this quote is not ideal for when it's out of context. Oh, sure, sure, sure. 
But don't laugh too hard. But don't laugh. Because I'll look like a dipshit later. Yes. Okay. You're going to look like an asshole because this is a quote from a survivor. Okay. I'm already You're laughing. already I'm laughing. Gonna laugh. You're I'm already gonna fucking laugh. laughing. You just told me not to laugh. What I did. What's wrong with you? <laughs> you knew I was going to laugh. Why are you like this? <laughs> <laughs> you know why. I'm like this. It's, it's fine. Go on. I got this. I'm going to just, I'm going to power through it. I'm not going to do the pause where there needs to be a pause because it's not going to happen. You're right. It took five tries to get in. We kept going to lifeboats and they were already full and people were pushing and shoving and screaming. They were jumping on lifeboats even though they were already full. I get now. Okay. I appreciate that you didn't stop. Yes. Because everything after it took five tries to get in is not good. Yes. However. (laughs) Yes. We all know what we thought with the first sentence. Yes. And me and the listeners are on the same page. So we can move on. This uh-huh. sounds terrible. Yep. That was a quote from Alex Beach. Mm. We'll talk to Alex Beach later. Bet Alex wished they were on the beach when this was happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about a thing that I promised to talk about. The Costa yes. Concordia. Yeah. Rife with so many uh-oh feelings. Oh, God. Okay. That this never should have happened. Literally, never. Why is this always what happens? <laughs> so this, you might remember this. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I mean, that doesn't it was sound not familiar. The largest cruise ship disaster since the Titanic. Is it the poop one? No. Oh, different. Okay. It's the one off the coast of a country in Italy. Oh. That was the boat at like tilted. Oh, Lord. That was close to shore. Mm-hmm. Like they ran but, like, aground? But nobody talked about it, really, uh, like, in the American circuits of what happened. Because, like, we don't give a shit. It was yeah. all Italy yeah. stuff. Yeah. And it didn't have to do with poop, so that's And not it fun. didn't have to do with poop. So that's not fun for us. Just incompetence. <laughs> so the captain, who I will be referring to from here on out as the captain, because I'm not saying his name a million times, and he doesn't fucking deserve it. Oh, is, is it, like, a crazy name? Um, captain Francesco Chettino. Oh, okay. Ooh, that's fun. But if he doesn't deserve it, He doesn't fucking deserve it. Let's not waste the energy. Garbage man. Trash. Was responsible for two other crashes on this same ship. No fucking way. Before this happened. No, 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 no. And basically what happened with the second crash, like the first one, he like ran into something and like scraped up the side of the ship. The second one, he was going into port too fast (laughs) and like launched the boat on the land no through the port did people die not that i know of wow that's but a lot of property was destroyed no shit and there was a picture of a cruise ship in the middle of a bunch of crushed buildings i'm literally picturing as if like cruise ships had gas pedals that he like mixed up the brake and the gas pedal and he like launched himself into the quick trip slash this port it's funny (laughs) that you should talk about mixing things up oh good (laughs) so somehow and I, I still, like, to this day, I, I don't speak Italian, so a lot of the articles... Right. Tough stuff, yeah. Like, I can glean some information from my background in French, but... They are just similar enough sometimes. Yeah, they're yes. just similar enough similar enough for me to be dangerous. When we were in Italy... Yes. <laughs> yes. When we were in Italy, I could sometimes understand people because it sounded a little bit like Spanish. Just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but not a lot. Yeah. So... <laughs> He went from, the captain went from being, like, a head of security and then, like, got up the food chain to being a captain. So he, oh, okay. So, so riddle me that. I mean, I know he's Italian, but he's, like, he's, like, He's white. suave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Because, okay, this is what happens. No, he's a suave motherfucker. You fail upward. You fail... What is it? You get promoted to the point of your own incompetency. Yes. Like, you get promoted to the job you can no longer do. It's a, it's above you, but you've been promoted to it, and no one's ever going to stop you. Yeah. Great. So, like, maybe... Just maybe... Somewhere cosmically... Out in the universe... With all the energy TikTokers. Oh, Lord. This wasn't his fault. Oh, sure. A butterfly flaps its wings in this Because when they tried to christen the Costa Concordia, the bottle never broke. Oh, bad luck. Yes. Yes. So how does that ever happen? How strong are champagne bottles? My God. Cursed ship. Also... How the fuck they attach it to a rope? Yes, and, and they, they swing it. They swing it so far. So you'd think it has to. Like, why would you invest in like one of the high ass quality bottles of champagne where they're going to have the thicker glass and everything? Yeah, like get a bottle of Andre. Yeah, get yourself a bottle of Corbel. Yeah, and just like do it. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's like a we're we're getting the high end stuff because. We're we're trying to not jinx it. Like this is a good ship where, yeah. where good experiences will happen. Good ship, and we lollipop. are investing. <laughs> this is the good ship lollipop. <laughs> we're investing the good stuff in it. Uh-huh. But then we're just going to smash it on the side of the ship. And if we don't smash it on the side of the ship, it's a bad omen. Yeah. So it's funny that yours happened in January. Yeah. Because mine also happened in January. Oh hey, we have a lot of parallels. January thirteenth, to be exact. Oh, very close. Very close. What year? Two thousand twelve. Oh, too recently yeah so they were prepping to do a sail by salute where they get close to shore and then they hog the horn and the locals hate that (laughs) because it's fucking loud as shit but the tourists love it of course so they can wave yeah so they can wave yeah so dominica samortan was the captain's lady friend who was absolutely allowed to be on the ship and definitely had a ticket oh yeah sure and was definitely there Legally and was allowed to go everywhere, including onto the bridge where she went as a passenger. You use the term lady friend, which just carries with it no respect. (laughs) No. Whatsoever. No. No, no. no, Not girlfriend. No, no. Lady friend. (laughs) Lady friend. Because there's a whole litany of press interviews with her where she goes back and forth and like tries to claim like, oh, I died a second time today. And, like, a bunch of other shit where she says, no, we weren't sleeping together. And then, yes, we were sleeping together. And then, no, I had a ticket. I was allowed to be on there. And then, oh, no, I didn't have a ticket. And, yes, I was sleeping with him. But we were not an item. But, oh, we were kind of an item. And, oh, we've been doing this for years. But we're not an item. What the fuck? So, lady (laughs) friend. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. So, the captain, the lady friend, and the maitre d', which also doesn't make sense. (laughs) (laughs) Went to the bridge. The maitre d', what is he? He's their third. Yeah. They are going to go fuck. They literally went from dinner to the bridge. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they're about to go fuck. He's like, let me just stop off at the bridge, and then the three of us will go We're going to do the drive-by salute, and then we're going to have some fun. Was the maitre d' hot? No. Well, then I don't understand. But the captain also wasn't hot, but he was suave. (laughs) As all he had the Italian energy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where there's just the aggressiveness... Sure. Swept back hair? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. That's all you need. It's that European aggressiveness. Uh (laughs) I've seen it too many times. There's a certain confidence that comes with being a European man. 
Yeah. yeah Above yeah, the yeah. age of 40. You absolutely just believe you are God's yes. gift, you know, to, to women or whatever you mm-hmm. want to fuck that day. Mm-hmm. So they go and they're like, we're going to get so close to Giglio. That's the name of the island. Oh, we're going to get so close, are we? Yeah. Just we're going to get so close. We're going to get closer than anyone has ever been. By eyeballing it. Why? Why? This is a cruise ship. You're not a fucking pirate. What the fuck is wrong with you? So (laughs) he talks to his helmsman, Jacob Ruslibin, who's from Indonesia. Very nice guy. Nice. Has never driven a cruise ship before. Oh, no. Doesn't really speak English. Doesn't really speak Italian. How did he get at the helm? He was very cheap to hire. Oh, God. <laughs> he, he used to be, um, I believe it was a farmer, and then he also did some painting. So he has never driven no experience, a boat. No experience. None. And the thing with ships, <laughs> when you're driving a ship, when they give the headings, it's points on a compass yeah. when you're talking about the front of the ship, and then the back of the ship is a totally different set of numbers for where you put the rudder. Sure. Because so the boat's huge. You're the in a first different spot. The first set of numbers I'm going to be saying is for the heading that was being called out for the points on the compass. So this is like where you're supposed to go. Right. This is so you turn the, the, the ship and there's a thing and it's got the numbers on it and you turn it to that number. I'm literally picturing the Enterprise because yes. they have a helmsman and that's how they call yes. where they're supposed to go. So, yeah. so when you say like 250, mm-hmm. they turn to 250. Sure. And if you do like 250 port, then you turn 250 for the left. Sure. 250 starboard, you turn to the, the right. Other way. Sure. This is already confusing for people who've never been on a ship before. Some people don't even know port and starboard. The I only don't. way I remember it is because port has four letters and left has four letters. That's, That's the trick really that good. I was taught. That's really good. And then starboard has too many letters and right also has too many letters. <laughs> Too many. I love that. But port <laughs> and left okay. match in the numbers. That's, That's the only way I've ever remembered every time I've been on a ship. That's genius. That's and it. Now I maybe will remember. Yes. Probably not, I learned okay. that in Mexico. Nice. Best trick I ever learned. Port and left. Port and left. So we have a helmsman in charge of driving the boat. Doesn't know how to drive a boat. No. But he's very excited. Oh, I'm sure he is. It's a cool job. Probably. Captain calls another guy who used to be a captain who lives on the island and was like, hey, how close (laughs) safely can I get before I hit rocks? (laughs) Why do you think he has to know that? Which is 0.3 to 0.4 miles from shore. So about half a mile from shore. Sure. That's very close, honestly. It's very close. They must be a very steep drop off. Yeah. These are huge ships. Now, let's talk in just general numbers. Let's let's round it out instead of like 5280, let's say 5000 is a mile. Sure. Oh yeah, sure. So, half of that is still going to be 2500. Mhm. So you take that down. Safest would be like 1500 to 2000. Yeah. He was looking at getting about 1500 feet close so to shore it as close as you possibly can that was the goal by his eyeballs so he decided uh to tell them to go 16 knots which is very fast that sounds fast to it's me. very fast to be doing a drive-by <laughs> this is a drive-by <laughs> um it's very fast and when you have a ship going that fast because that's normally like the speed that you're going like when you're out at sea 
Uh-huh. Um, although I think they go faster, but like it's very fast for doing something where you need to be able to navigate and it's, change the ship's heading it quickly. So it sounds really fast. It's not possible. I'm just saying. Because, <laughs> again, physics, much like with the child I accidentally kicked today. <laughs> When an object in motion stays in motion. It sure does. And it's real hard to change the direction of that object in motion I, when you're going fast enough. I cannot state how big these ships are. They're huge. I'm sure it's not like a carnival Like the rudder size. system, like they showed the rudder system and there's like front of ship and then there's like midship rudders and then there's like back midship rudders and then there's all the way back. They need so much stuff just to steer this thing. Yes. Tons and tons of pre- like movement and so, oh my God. Yeah, so he gave a heading of 325. The helmsman called back 315. Oh, no. And then the first mate says, no, no, 335. No, no. And then the captain was like, no, no, 325. So we're already off to a great start on this. So everybody is bad at listening. They can't hear each other. And because there's no following of standard procedures anymore, because they're all super complacent and lazy, the third mate is supposed to repeat any headings that the captain gives for clarification. Sure. She didn't. So it's good they're repeating at each other. They're getting it wrong, though, all of them. And then she just says nothing. And then she just says nothing. And the captain then, like, as they're getting closer, notices white foam on the rocks. And he's like, hmm, wow, we're 700 meters closer to the rocks than we should be. The, okay, the the foam is that because he, like so he saw foam and was like, I can because that's it. water breaking on the rocks. Yeah, like the fact that it exists means we're too close. Because like yeah yeah why yeah, would the, I shouldn't like, the be able to see that breaking yeah. on that yeah. So he tries to correct the path. Oh god! By changing the heading, but because they're going so fast, you can't turn a giant ass ship. No. It probably takes like an hour to really turn yeah. that thing around, you know? <laughs> so then the helmsman gets lost in translation again. Oh, no. And turns the wheel to the right instead of the left. Oh, no. So when they might have like been able to bypass the rock, he fucked it up. Oh, God. Just at the last second. Right. And like at this point, like the third mate finally got off their ass and was like, all right, no, I'm going to come help. Because they started like getting into like the rudder mechanics. Of like, all right, we're going to just turn the rudder. We've got the front kind of pointed the right direction. So let's try and get the back pointed the right direction. Right. But he flips it at the last second the wrong way. Oh, and he the, panics. It sounds like he's panicking. Yeah. Because now the captain is kind of freaking out. Oh, uh, yeah. I would bet. And the back of the ship hits the rocks. So they, they just avoid it on the front and then the back hits it. All because he took the rudder and he turned it the wrong way. Oh, man. Which, not his fault. Honestly, he should not have been at the helm. No, no, he was hired. To he was do what hired. He couldn't yeah. do, and yeah. that's not his all fault. because he was affordable, right? Because affordable. again, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. No, if you yep. look at his fucking resume, nope, no, it no. will not say no. helmsman on it. No, so yes, stop he it. Would be a very no. cheap helmsman. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Your logic is lost here. So oh. they hit the rocks. They immediately lose propulsion. Uh huh. They were sent adrift. There's <laughs> water just pouring in I'm dying. <laughs> within 29 seconds of the collision all six engines have stopped working and then within a minute they lose power completely oh my god, oh my god. now this boat has power steering <laughs> so when you lose power you so can't you... even move anything is it like a is it i want to know if it's like a van. okay i've lost power steering in a minivan before where like 
it's you, you can just turn. you can't it's so fucking it's hard so fucking do. hard because you're lit you're fit now you're physically turning yes. the wheel yeah oh god and it's terrifying they managed to move the rudder one more time before they lost control of, like, steering and everything. That's awful. So, during this time, dinner service is happening. There's a band playing. Of course. There's a magician show. Well, that guy deserves it. Anyway. And right when they connected, the magician was doing the saw the woman in half trick. Shit. Which, if anybody doesn't know how that works... Like, yeah, you do technically put the saw through the box and the girl is in the top half, but there's another girl in the lower half yeah, they're both that sticks her legs up. out. Yep. Uh, the crash happened when the girl was locked in the lower half of the box. The magician ran. He freaks out. Like there was a loud crashing sound. Oh, Everything rocked and then the power went out and he was like, nope. Oh, yeah. Get the fuck out. Oh. Um, so people were freaking out. Uh, and they were already going to their muster stations, which is where you go for cabin emergencies, ship emergencies. It's where you, on the first day of a cruise, usually you go through the safety precautions and you find out where you need to go. If you need to get on a lifeboat, you try on like a life jacket, you make sure it fits, you make sure you know how to use it. That's pretty smart. I'm glad they do that. Yep. So before the ship ever leaves the dock, that's all the steps that you go through already. Mm -hmm. So people... We're already at their muster stations. They had life jackets on like they were ready to go. Sure. Pretty good. And then. Oh, no. The cruise director, who was also on the bridge. Told them everything was fine. No. And to return to their cabins and to not be at the muster stations. What's wrong with the cruise? Or to go to the lounge if they don't want to be in their cabins. Go get a couple drinks, guys. It's fine. So the ship starts to list, which means it starts to tilt. It is sink like it's got water in it. And no one's evacuating. It's got water in it. Oh my god. They're just saying it's a blackout. They're having a technical problem, but Who it's is not communicating. under control. Oh my god. Everything is fine. I is this the captain's fault too? Yes. Good. And I just wanted- at this point the restaurant the restaurant's um song rotation did do my heart will go on. <laughs> Emily? <laughs> Is that like eyewitness testimony? Was like, yeah, and by the way, yeah. by the way, the restaurant was playing. My heart will go on during the blackout. Yeah, that's the funniest thing I've yeah. ever heard. I think if I was because they ship, had a backup generator where they were able to bring some stuff bring back, some stuff back, including the music, which doesn't seem like it's like hyper important. But <laughs> I'll get to the generator in a second. Oh no. So uh, I just for our listeners, if everybody could along with me, uh, just think about my heart will go on playing in the background of the rest of Emily's story. We can't yes, play please. it for obvious reasons. Yeah. But if you could just go ahead and put that one in your brain, that'd be great. Just like a nice instrumental. Absolutely. Like the one oh, no, on a I recorder. Hear that weird yeah. Celine yeah. Dion voice. I want it. So. I did sing that drunk once at a bar because a gay guy dared me that I couldn't do it. Have Cher and Celine Dion ever sang together? Because they have similar voices. I don't think they. I don't don't know. I feel like they haven't, but they should. They should. Um, So a passenger on board did not believe them. The captain did call the harbor master. Just be like, "Hey, we hit a rock, but we're fine." Jesus. They did not believe him. Oh, good. Um, so the passenger contacted their daughter, 
who then called the cops. Oh, who shit. then the cops called the harbor master being like, hey, hey, it's not fine. Uh, it's not fine. And then the harbor master called the captain again and was like, so I heard it. Hey, <laughs> I think you lied to me. <laughs> Let's talk about that. And the captain's like, no, no, it's fine. Look, like, it's fine. And then he didn't tell them that three of the compartments had already flooded. Oh, my God. And that the ship was sinking. Yeah, like, this This is, sounds like it's already happening faster because, than the Titanic actually did. Yeah, because they <laughs> had closed the fire doors for the flood. Like, they also, like, the fire doors are also, like, flood doors. Sure, right. To block off. And it's, like, hermetically sealed. So, like, nothing's getting out. No air. Oh, no right. anything. Because fire doors. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, the captain was in denial. Just straight denial. That's a really monumental fuck up. And it's his third one. Yeah. So I'm guessing that he is not willing to admit to anyone, possibly even himself, that this has happened. So as time goes on, people really like, they're like, no, we're, we're staying at the muster stations. The cruise director's on the break. She's like, I'm worried for these people's safety. What if they fall overboard? Oh, Lord. Mind you, the ship is still tilting. Yeah. And um, in a normal ship, there are lifeboats on both sides. Yes. Okay. Um, what? Emily. So <laughs> the harbor master calls again. The captain's like, Psh, it's just a blackout. Oh, my God. We're good. We're good. Um, so remember that generator I was talking about? Yep. So they kept turning it on and off with a screwdriver because the cooling system stopped working. So oh. he had to manually stand by it to make sure it wasn't going to overheat. Oh, no. So even the generator is a liability. Yeah. That's yeah. dangerous. So, you know, the the staff below deck maintaining the engines, doing everything for that, are calling up being like, hey, you need to evacuate. <laughs> we can't fix this. Right. And the captain's like, cool, cool, cool. Thanks. Love the input. Um, yep. I'll talk to you later. Bye. The harbor master sends out a ship to investigate. Oh, God. Just, you know, see what's up. I just. And the captain finally tells him after like 20 minutes that the ship is taking on water. Oh, my God. This whole time he wouldn't even admit it, admit it was taking on no. any water. No. That's insane. To and me. the harbor master asks if he needs anything and he just asks for a tugboat. For me, so, for me personally. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. Oh, no. So eventually the captain's finally like, oh, this isn't good. Hey, no, this isn't good. No fucking shit, huh, bud? Jesus Christ. And uh, that they should probably evacuate. The Coast Guard does send out some ships. Uh-huh. Um, the assistant cruise director, there's a video of her talking to these people at their muster stations Telling them everything is fine, which at this point she knows it's not because the calls have been made. Right. And she's telling people to go back to their cabins. No, because I can understand wanting to keep the peace and not wanting to, like, let people freak out so much that they are not helpful to each other anymore. But to tell them to go back to their cabins when clearly they could be called to evacuate at any time is fucking nuts. Yeah. And it's endangering their lives. Yes. So, the guests don't trust her. <laughs> I love that they're all like, actually, fuck all these people. Right. And it's so many, it's a collective uh-oh feeling. Yes. Of like, I don't 
believe you. You know, mass hysteria. Yeah. I feel like this is the opposite. This yeah. is mass sensibility. So they start doing their own evacuations. Yes. People are like, I've been on a cruise before. I know yeah, how I got this works. It. I, got I know how to work this. That's amazing. So, yeah, they make their own abandoned ship order. And they start lowering lifeboats. How? Good for that. Maybe there's some staff who are like, yeah, I agree. <laughs> there was some staff who were like, you know what? No, fuck all of you guys. I'm going to help you guys get off the ship. Because then we're going with you. <laughs> yeah, we're moving forward. We're doing this. Good. So finally, finally, mm-hmm. the people below deck who've been with the engines and everything, turning on the generator with a screwdriver. Good God. Are like, hey, we can't keep doing this forever so bad this is gonna be so bad yeah. like you need to get the people off of this fucking ship now oh my god and the safety officer there's one of those there's a safety oh, officer that's interesting how he yeah. just appears now <laughs> the safety fucking officer is finally like yep we're abandoning ship and the captain tries to stop him because again it's fine the captain I hope in this, in all scenarios, the safety officer is the only person who can override the captain. I mean, at this point, I don't think it matters. No, I don't (laughs) think the anarchy reigns right now. But also, like, I feel like in all scenarios, the safety officer should make a final call. Always. And then um, there was a debate on whether or not they should declare a state of emergency for the ship. Well, you're abandoning ship. So I kind of think that one... It goes along with the other, uh-huh. my dude. <laughs> so the captain finally, uh-huh. finally declares a state of distress. <laughs> and uh, the helicopter pilots are roused, like pulled out of bed. There are helicopters on the ship? No. Oh. In city. Okay, in city. Okay. So the harbor master, full mayday. Yeah. Rest of the Coast Guard ships are sent out. They're calling in helicopters to get people off of, like, the decks. Oh, God, yeah. Because at this point, the ship is super close to shore, but it's now run aground on the rocks. Mm -hmm. So the ship's tilt is now all the way. So it's, like, So, like, the right side of the ship is, like, on the rocks. So all of those lifeboats are not accessible anymore. They're because yeah, they're swinging free of the ship, you got to imagine. And even then like before that, the lifeboats on the other side of the ship that they were trying to lower, it was super dangerous. Cuz they were swinging and rocking oh. and people were jumping and panicking yeah. because there was no leadership cuz everybody was telling them it was fine, so they all just kind of like free for all. Right. Every man for himself. This feels like we're going to get through this. <laughs> yes. so yeah there were enough lifeboats no so what they had to do is the lifeboats because they were so close to shore they just kept making trips back and people had to climb down the side of the ship okay terrifying but also i'm in a way i'm glad they were close enough to shore but like yeah they were close enough to shore but it was also close enough to shore where you couldn't jump because there were rocks. The, yeah, the water's not deep enough. Yeah. Oh, God. You're in the shallows. No diving. No. And even then, jumping from, like, that height, because it's a tall-ass cruise ship. It's a yeah. super tall cruise ship. Like, you will get hurt. I mean, I'm imagining maybe not carnival level, 
but like carnival levels large. like that because big? this company is a subset of carnival and they make a decision they're like hey what if we drop the anchor on the other side of the ship to try and like balance oh, it out oh yeah how big is that anchor bro pretty big yeah gotta be but then they drop too much chain oh so it doesn't it's not taut yeah you're not pulling yeah the they just they just put metal into the is ocean everybody on this ship absolutely a piece of shit at their job yes everyone yes everyone so at this point the mayor and like another guy who like owns like this massive like tobacco enterprise there's just random dudes in town being like okay. they show up <laughs> the mayor literally gets on one of the lifeboats mm-hmm. goes to the ship climbs up the side gets on the deck and takes over. He 100% has a photographer with him. I'm just saying that happened. But also, that's awesome. <laughs> and he was getting people organized and getting them off the ships and finding out how many people were still left and f- trying to find somebody in charge. I want to know his re-election numbers. Right? Because, like, you Same. do that, and I think I think you get re-elected for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. There was just one problem with his finding someone in charge. Because uh, at this point, the captain had changed into a suit no fucking way he snuck oh my god emily and took his second and third mates with him and left um also the the lady friend left with the maitre d and there's a video on the harbor of her walking like wrapped in like the yellow security like safety blankets that they were wrapping around people Mm -hmm. For like the trauma blankets, telling people to not film. Oh my God. He changed into a suit. He pretended to not be the captain. So the first mate was the last last staff member left on the bridge. Oh, so he was the only one saying, I will do the thing a captain is supposed to do. And that is to go down with the ship or at least wait until everyone else. He waited until there were about 300 people left. Hey, you little bitch. Then he abandoned the bridge. And uh, went down by the lifeboats. And then the ship's black box stopped working. So then everything after that is just like media based. Because before the abandoned ship order went through, a local news outlet had caught wind of what was happening and tuned into the frequency of the radio on board. Uh, Nice. And got the chaos of like the captain calling out orders and then rescinding those orders and then changing his mind and the arguments about abandoning the ship and if they need to be calling a state of emergency and like so media-based stuff is still probably pretty yes pretty uh accurate so the helicopters at first couldn't find the ship because the captain had been telling them they weren't sinking that bad so they thought they were further they thought they were further out they thought the ship was higher above water than it was (laughs) because at night with the lights out oh god i didn't even think that it's at night it's at night oh my god yeah this happened during dinner service yeah that makes sense yeah oh shit it's so hard to see all the lights are out oh my god that's awful everything is down black box is down like i've been picturing midday no 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 no. nighttime nighttime oh my god uh yeah yeah <laughs> My fucking God. Um. So, <laughs> part of like the harbor master is in like talking to the head of the coast guard for Italy, mm-hmm. who was named Defalco. 
and was not happy with how this was handled by the captain. Oh, what? And called the captain asking where he was, if he was still on the ship. And then found out that the captain had been spotted by the police chief. Not on the ship. Of course not. No, he snuck off. And literally told him, there's a recording of this. Get back on the boat for fuck's sake. (laughs) That's awesome. Get back on the boat for For fuck's fuck's sake. sake. (laughs) You dumb piece of shit. What do you think the captain told him happened of why he wasn't on the ship? Oh, I'm trying to think of the most stupid lie I could ever tell if I were this man and all I cared about was my own ass. Uh-huh. I don't know. That 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 made people had in- insisted that he go that I don't know. I honestly don't know what I would say. He told the Coast Guard the reason he wasn't on the ship anymore. Emily. <laughs> <laughs> Emily. He slipped and fell into a lifeboat. Emily, I was racking my brain just now for the lamest excuse I could think of. And I'm not skilled at improv, but this man has come up (laughs) with the single most hilarious thing I've ever heard in my life. He slipped and fell into a lifeboat. That is from like an old timey play. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there's the captain was found with 110 other survivors on the rocks. Oh, so he was on the rocks. Yep. He was just apparently sitting, watching as other people helped the survivors. He's a sociopath. I don't think he's smart enough. Sociopaths are dumb most of the time. It's fair. He is, he lacks the ability to think of anyone but himself. Clearly. Yeah. See, I was going to go full narcissist because here's the thing. Sometimes they're the same. So he gets rescued. (laughs) Uh He gets taken to the harbor, Uh speaks to police, cries to the ship's onboard chaplain who was rescued for 15 minutes and then absolutely gets wrecked by the harbor master and the coast guard. He was put in a cab and sent back to a hotel where the press was waiting Yes, good. And he gave an interview. No, bad. And in that interview, no, he said he was the last to leave the ship. What a little liar. Yeah. Holy shit. Um, so rescue efforts continued. Unfortunately, 32 people did die. Oh, which no. Of the thousands. Right. That's- that was it's incredible that they were able to save as many people as they were. It's more people than the molasses, though. Yes. And this didn't have to happen. Okay, neither of them had to happen. That's the thread that connects these stories. However. Yeah. I mean, this could have just been. Everybody could have just evacuated. Right. Why did 32 people die at all? Exactly. And, like, I can guarantee. Because, like, a lot of inquiries were done. And I'm sure staff telling guests to go back to their hotel rooms is part of it is part of it i hope those people live with that forever because that is quite the decision they made yes a south korean couple were found the following day trapped in their cabin they had slept through the crash oh no which i feel 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, I slept through a tornado once, so, like, you I feel get, that. I imagine there's enough to do on a cruise. You get quite tired sometimes. Yeah, sometimes you're you just, just super exhausted. Because you're taking a nap. Yeah. Um, the final body wasn't found until three years later. No fucking way. Um, who was a crew member named Russell Rebello, who was believed to have died a hero helping passengers off the ship. Oh, man. And some horrible thing happened to him, and he just... Yeah. Was he found in the water? He was on the ship. He was, like, in the ship. But it's a massive cruise ship. Oh, my God. And they had lots of issues with, like, security of the ship and looting and being able to go through it because structural damage and the safety of people being on that ship. He was just tucked away somewhere. Yeah. And it took him three years to find him. That's nuts. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about Alex Beach. Oh, yeah. Hi, Alex. Jesus Christ. So, how's, it, how's it going? This was her birthday present from her husband, Arthur. They were from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And they were in their cabin after doing a day of sightseeing in Rome. And then they did dinner on board when disaster struck. They confirmed that, like, everyone was telling them it's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine, Emily. <laughs> and then the lights went out. <laughs> no, and the ship still fine. began to tilt. Still fine. And then there was a mad rush to get to the lifeboats. They did get into the fifth lifeboat. And they heard someone saying there was nine spots left. And uh, they ended up having to go to Barcelona in Spain to get home. Okay, okay, sure. So they Because it was off. a huge mess. And their nephew is Jesse Tyler Ferguson from Modern Family. <laughs> That's why we know about this This story. is why we know about this one. Because otherwise, everyone else is just sort of a massive people that had yeah. a thing happen to them. <laughs> but there are just hundreds and hundreds of survivor stories. Um, a husband sacrificed his life to save his wife. No. Um, oh. Nicole Serval survived because of her husband. Um, I owe my life to my husband. Um, her husband, Francis, gave her the only life jacket they had. And then he said to her, jump, jump. He went first. She jumped, floated on her back. Um, she called out to him. He shouted back, don't worry, I'll be all right. The water was barely eight degrees Celsius. Oh, God. And then she never saw him again. Oh, no. And she was in the water until she washed up against some rocks where some villagers rescued her. She literally didn't even, there was no hope of like, okay, it's night. I'm still. Yeah, it's night. It's night. And they took her to a church to recover. Um, But there she's quoted as saying there was no one to save my husband. We were alone. She lit- so they're one of the people who were like they jumped because we're just gonna get off. Yeah, of this thing. we've got to get off of the ship. Wow, and oh my god, um, an Australian miner, Australian miner, M I N E R, sure, Robert Elcombe <laughs> and his wife Tracy Gunn told Melbourne's Herald Sun newspaper that they booked a spot on the Concordia as a last ditch effort to save their marriage. Oh, oh my, okay. Um. So technically, it did. Because <laughs> she, um, he's quoted as saying, this has made our bond much, much stronger. 
Who needs couple counseling when you survive a Titanic experience? I mean, I guess. Yeah. And then I saved this one for last. Do you remember the magician I was telling you about? Yes. Yeah. And the woman trapped in this lower half of the box? Yep. Well, her name was Rosalind Racon. Uh-huh. Um, she is the one who was stuck in the box when the Concordia hit the rocks. Mm-hmm. And she did manage to escape. Um, quote from her mother. Uh, she was in the middle of the magic show when it ran aground inside the magic box, and then all the lights went out, so she struggled to get out of the box. Um, Rosalind was a bit hysterical, saying the ship was sinking, but seeing she's a dancer and they do drama, I just thought it was all a bit surreal. You don't hear about big ships sinking like that nowadays. <laughs> you don't. Um, Rosalind did suffer cuts and bruises, but she did manage to escape the box and then oh. get off the ship safely. Good for her. And That's... called her mom as it was keeling over. Good Lord. Yeah. My God. Yeah. I was really worried you were about to tell me that this woman had been trapped and died somehow. No. no. Because that man just like, like left the stage. Well, here's the thing. So the box fell off the stage when the ship tilted and okay. like into the audience. Oh, Lord. Okay. So it didn't say if other people helped her get out, but either way, like it's a flimsy ass box. Sure. You could probably really, it's probably really particle punch board. Yeah. You can punch your way out if you're yeah. feeling enough adrenaline. If, yeah. That's... And the total number of people on board mm-hmm. was 4,229 people, 3,200 of which were tourists. So the fact wow. that only 32 people died Crazy. and how mishandled this was is incredible. It's like, it sucks that any of them, it's, None of them should have died. No. It's the same thing with the fucking molasses. Like, 21 is so low. 32 is so low. But for the grand scheme of things, it never should have happened. Neither of these things should have happened at all. Yeah. The captain, um, Mr. Shit Tino. That's not how you say his name, but I don't care. But it is now. But it is now. <laughs> was convicted in 2015. Nice. And in 2015, he was 56. Uh, did it say of what? Like criminal yes. negligence? Multiple counts of manslaughter, causing a maritime accident, and abandoning ship before all passengers and crew had been evacuated. They accused him, They convicted him of manslaughter. Yes. And That's he was huge. Um, held to a 16-year prison sentence. Yeah. Um, I'd say that's about okay then. Well, um, hey, Emily, that sucked, but also I'm glad all those people survived. You're welcome. I didn't thank you. I don't yeah. recall thanking you for yeah. that one. Well, I didn't thank you for the molasses, but here we are. <laughs> well, that I honestly... I have 18 fears. Uh, yeah. Honestly, okay, I'm just going to say this is a long ep, but it's definitely one of those ones where I'm like, I don't know, man. That was a lot of info. On it's just stores. a lot of info. It's just yes. It's back to when the the whaling ship... Ep, because that was also a long one, but it's just, it's so much information. Yes. Every once in a while, I feel like we both just have a lot of info on stuff. Sometimes it yep. goes back and forth where it's like, I got a little bit of info, not a ton, and you've got more. Like, in reverse, this one's just going to be long because it's packed. Yeah. Full of people fucking up where they shouldn't yes. have. <laughs> Someone else's incompetence costing people their lives. Yes. And then, you know, many people who have survived a thing, thank God, but... Many more people who should have survived. Absolutely. Fucking ridiculous. Well, hey, um, these trulies are delicious. Thanks yeah. Thanks for sharing them. Um, and thank you guys for joining us on another episode of the Uh-Oh Feeling uh, Gardening Podcast. <laughs> A podcast for gardeners. Oh, my God. By gardeners. 
no, 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 no. I no, grow no, no. basil and that's it. That's all I've got. I guess uh, you should be like the survivors of all of these things, helping yes. each other out. Yep. Taking leadership roles. Dive head first into molasses when you need to. Absolutely. Help people onto a lifeboat when you can. Yep. And uh, otherwise, don't forget your can of. Mmm. I think this one's one that calls for baked beans, personally. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Because it will be the second one. Yeah. All right. Yep. Don't Don't forget forget your can of baked beans. Yes! (laughs) That happened.